Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. $80 ticket. She is so into you. Have a good night. It's already been good now that you served and protected me. You got her badge number, plus a month from now, you got a date to meet her at the Municipal State Court. Up to yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Oh. They graduate from high school, and what do they do? Do they go to college? No. Do they take an interest in my store? No. Idiot! Why don't you go to Rexall's Drugs, purchase a bottle of chill pills? <laughs> Do they have any idea of the future? No. <laughs> that was in my nose. <laughs> we are A-club people. You guys want to make out or what? <laughs> <laughs> we are just leading this B-club life. You want me? Me. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're okay. You're fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Let's mingle. Oh, I broke the window again. Hey. How you doing? Can we call you sometime, Pocahontas? You got a number? What's some of this? How about a little of that? All right. Indiana Jones Avengers Endgame, it follows. Your good record, Ralph, Mama Mia, here we go again. Titanic 2, Jack's back, 7 cents, ghost attack. Alien vs. Predator, except this, I'm their friend. We'll keep watching the movies right up till our TVs break. So just crank up the volume till your screen. So anyways, I was standing there waiting to use the payphone and the guy who was on the phone turns around and tips his hat like this. And you know who you think that guy was? Emilio Estevez. The Mighty Ducks man, I swear to God, I was there. I was like, Emilio! And I'm Sebastian. Guys, I just want to avoid a lawsuit. I'm Andy Schoffler. Richard Greco, you see right through me. I'm Jordan. (laughs) And welcome to our review of The Night at the Roxbury. Oh, Night at the Roxbury? One of those. It's one of those movies. One of those names. God, what's happened? Where did we, how did we fall so far? (laughs) It feels like a week. Sorry, yep. I was just going to say, have you seen any of the other uh, SNL films? Wayne's World and Blues Brothers. (laughs) Right? Are these the, the and Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you find that's about it, but I can think of, yeah. Are you exactly noticing the old one? <laughs> the old one out there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. I mean, you've got, um, in, in the same time that this happened, you've got uh, Superstar, which was Molly Shannon. Um, uh, who was I Cork, think I've seen that one. No idea. Which what was Chris Katana's. Corky Romano, the, the character. Wait, um, I've seen Corky Romano, the movie. Yeah. Is that an I SNL mean, that's, one? That's, that's Chris Kattan. Um, he did, he did Corky, the Corky Romano character on, on SNL. Uh, he's got okay. Ladies Man, which is Tim Meadows. <laughs> I love uh, that, I think Conehead. Yeah. 
There are lots of these. They're all bad. They're all awful. If you shut yeah, your mouth, a, sir, wasn't there like a, was great. a batch of like, <laughs> wasn't there like a big stretch where there wasn't any until like that MacGruber movie, which was also not very good? Are you kidding? Yeah. MacGruber is like hilarious. I feel, like, I feel like they didn't make one for like 10 years. Jordan, we could review MacGruber. is not well. hilarious. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll pass. This, this week was enough. Thank you. <laughs> Have you seen, you've seen MacGruber, Andrew? I've seen MacGruber. I didn't enjoy MacGruber. <laughs> Thank you. I think Guys, someone on the panel has some sense. The 10 minute scene where they're building his crew and then they just die is the best version of that. I say the best version of that because then Deadpool 2 did it. And I think this one was funnier. I mean, well, look, um, unless you've already got other uh, films locked into the schedule, maybe we should do MacGruber. We, we have so many free <laughs> slots. It's not even funny, Andrew. There's so many slots and I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> so I, I I say this as a passive joke slash threat. We could do McGruber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon we should do McGruber. Uh, okay. hey, Jordan, you heard that Andrew also said McGruber, right? Because I mean, I'm with him, but like it wasn't just me that said it. So when it comes to reviewing that, you, you don't get to just choke me out. Uh, I might be sick that week. <laughs> so but come on, you guys just came off the, the Dark Knight trilogy. Surely you need a rest from epic films and you just need a month of trash to, to detox. <laughs> oh. uh, look, okay. <laughs> so we let's actually... just flip the switch entirely. We'll do a month worth of garbage. Oh, that was not the point this year. When, we, when the schedule was made this year, it was meant to be like our fucking <laughs> it was all good. Criterion collection, like good movies. Okay, no, that's not exactly Criterion, but like we're doing good movies and it was going to be a nice, happy time where we all leave the year better, better film goers because of it. <laughs> um so we're actually reviewing this film specifically as a request from one of our viewers that since it was obviously sent through a request. So I'm not going to give their last name out because that's offensive and not offensive. I don't want to <laughs> name something, but Jade um, sent through the re- request for Night at the Roxbury after she heard that we had a lot of gaps in our schedule. So what I'm saying right now is Jordan, it's Jade's fault, not mine. Um, but if you- Duly noted. Yeah, but if you also have a request, we have a lot of weeks in which we're kind of trying to plug some gaps here. Like, I'm not saying the boat is sinking because, no, the boat's underwater. Um, it's worse <laughs> than that, but there's a lot of holes. Anyway, send through them to secondtakepodcast at gmail.com and we're glad to take a look at them. And if they do fit timing-wise for everything for us, we're more than happy to take a look at it. Um, you know, just be kind, you know, send through send through some good shit, please. <laughs> Um, if you would be so kind as to not request any more Saturday Night Live, Will Ferrell, anything of that elk, thank you. Oh, you're not a Will Ferrell fan? I do, I do enjoy some Will Ferrell, but I find that he has a lot more uh, a lot more misses than hits. Okay. Well then, yeah, I'm gonna I, I, this I, movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, are either of you guys what was that? Not like full bone, but like I will, I do watch it from time to time. See, SNL, I mean, back in, back in the 70s when it started with the original lineup uh, of like John Belushi, Chevy Chase, um, uh, God, Martin Short was on it for, for a little while as well. Um, it was it was classic comedy. Jane Curtin, who plays uh, Mary Albright in uh, Third Rock from the Sun. She's hilarious. Oh, yep. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I can't remember if Gilda Radner was on it then, or was she on a different show? And any, or was she part of the Cracked? I don't know. I can't remember. But it was a it was a great lineup, and the show carried on f- forever. God, it's been on the air for what forty five years now. Something like um, that. Yeah. I mean, it's no. Hey, hey, it's Yeah. And the sketches were a bit hit and miss, but but that's that's all right. Yeah. This era, sort of late nineties, two thousands, is when I was. Uh, um, sort of a, a teenager, and it was available in Australia. Uh, believe it or not, if you had uh, pay TV, if you had cable, um, the yeah. Comedy Channel ran ran SNL, and I watched it then too. And it seemed to be fairly, fairly okay. Again, lots of lots of misses uh, for the for the few hits, but you got the feeling yeah. everybody was committed. SNL these days, when you watched it, everybody is really obviously reading off the cue cards. And if you're not familiar with the format, they do um, 
the it's a, it's a new show every week. They write the sketches usually with the with the host mm-hmm. either in mind or, or the host takes takes part in the writing of the of the sketches. Um, they perform them once in a rehearsal before they tape, and then they tape live. That's why you get so many so many times where they're about to crack or. Uh, you know, it's not it's not polished necessarily. It's just a live yeah. comedy show that has a light rehearsal beforehand. But these days, they're so obviously reading off cue cards. It's um, it's just unentertaining. This doesn't have the it's same charm. And, no, and and the sketches are terrible these days. Like there are no hits in in SNL in in, in modern SNL. I don't want to. Mm. I don't want to. There's been a few in the last few years that I've really liked, but I couldn't off the top of my head name any of them, which I guess kind of. Yeah, it's the right picture. <laughs> I mean, I could name a couple right. that We're... made. I think that broke into mainstream, and I know, I know, I don't want to get. We're not getting yeah. political here, but a the... few more kind of back in the back in like the mid two thousands. I think they had quite a few like really good ones that went viral and stuff yeah. like that. But I think in the last few years, like there's been, like I said, there's been a, a few that I've really really liked, but I can't um, can't recall too many of them. There's the Donald Trump skits with Alec Baldwin. Like I'm not going to get into them because uh, yeah. I don't want the discussion. Those but like they broke into mainstream. Um, yeah. And my favorite one that broke into the main, and this is back when The Force Awakens came out, but it was Matt the Radar Technician character, in which yeah. they had Adam yeah. Driver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was very That's funny. Right. Um, but that was one of their digital shorts rather than their live performance ones. That they, they went on set and actually yeah. did that one. Yeah. Which, I mean, the last time I remember a digital short that really got attention was the bloody Dear Sister one from the OC involving the Lonely Island guys, but that would have been... Ages ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would have yeah, been like 2006 yeah. or something. Technically, it's got the SNL name, but it's not an SNL sketch. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not a live show. Good. Last, the, last, the, the last good live show sketch that I can remember, God, was 2015, and that was Black Jeopardy. Oh, I don't with, remember that one. Um, uh, Keenan, Keenan Cowell, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, playing, Keenan Thompson. Playing the host. Keenan Thompson. Uh, Keenan yeah. Thompson. Um, and uh, it was Black Jeopardy, one of the one of the episodes, the one specific one I'm thinking of has Tom Hanks on it. And he's just playing this this hillbilly, but he but he ends up, you know, having exactly the same answers as, as, as black people. If you haven't seen the Black Jeopardy sketches, they they're quite good. Uh, and readily available on YouTube. Whereas this one, the Night at the Roxbury, I remember this one because the, the setup was exactly the same. It's it's these couple of guys playing the same song. What is love? Yeah. By uh, uh, and who was it? Had had a, had a way. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, uh, had a way. The band that will be suing uh, us for our intro music song. today. <laughs> <laughs> same song every time, and these guys are always striking out. And it the, the thing that made the sketch good is that it was short. It was over in three minutes because it was yeah. exactly the same setup. They did. They had that that the whole nose flicking move that they did and they just bounced around these girls between them whenever you, you want to dance, you want to dance and they would bounce them around. I could not find this sketch. I wanted to watch it before watching the movie yeah. to see how much of it they, they, they had made it into the movie and I could not find it. I did find a playlist of them on on YouTube, but they're not, it's not great. But I can They're not you- the actual sketches. Like there's, there's the song with clips of, of the sketches uh, kind of yeah. cut, cut into it. But the actual sketches themselves, it just, they, they, they don't exist on YouTube. Well, let's count that as a little That's blessing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God, I first watched this film back in, oh, it would have been either grade six, seven, or eight, like early, late primary school, early high school with my friend Nick. And Alex could have helped me out with this one, but, and effectively, he only showed me this movie because he thought the most, the funniest line that he had ever fucking heard ever in cinema was in this film. And you know what? Yeah. I disagree that it's that funny, but it did make me laugh this time around. It's that fucking, the nightclub owner with his running joke of, did you just grab my ass? And Uh, yes, yeah. (laughs) The funniest part is just when like he receives a phone call from an employee that's in like a different country. And he's saying how oh, I couldn't possibly have grabbed your ass because I'm in a different country. And for some reason, yeah, my friend thinks that's the funniest line ever. But in this in this case, it actually did get an audible laugh from me just because I was waiting for the fact that that joke would escalate to the point that somebody would call them from overseas to answer the joke. Anyway. It's pretty good, but 
it doesn't it doesn't escalate to that point. Like he's very early on, he's he, he's saying that in situations where it absolutely could not have happened. And yeah, that's like true. In, in the nightclub when he, when he first says it, it's okay. There's did you grow because they're standing. Somebody just grabbed my ass. Who did it? You you can understand that. But then they're sitting down, and it's kind of funny again because okay, you're sitting down, so nobody's going to be grabbing your ass then. But then it just goes straight into this. It doesn't it doesn't escalate naturally. It just goes right for that joke. Yeah, you know a good a good escalation of this kind of joke is remember uh, Master of Disguise. Yes. Yeah. With the whole with the whole joke of Brent Spiner's character laughing, 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 and then farting. This one little. And just and it just stopped him in his maniacal laughter. That was a good build-up, which also unfortunately did work for me, especially when he would and he has a huge laugh towards the end of the film and doesn't fart, and he just seems so pleased with himself. And then he farts, and I yeah, wish that wasn't funny. as funny as it was. I wish it wasn't though, but it was genuinely very funny. For me. <laughs> it's very good. Um, but that's my memory of this reunion effectively going like that one joke coming in, but it's been a long time since I've seen this film, but we, um, we worked. Yeah. Out- this is a weird one for me. Like I knew of it and like, I recognized some things from the movie, but I couldn't recall having actually watched it. If that makes sense. Like I'm sure I've seen it like, or bits of it like along the way, but I, yeah, I could never recall actually sitting down and watching it until last night when I did that. Yeah. See, strangely, I saw this film for the first time. What? Just yesterday. Yeah, I have a yeah, weird yeah, I, read on movies I think you have and haven't watched, Andrew, because I just assume anything... Not, no, this I, is not meant to be an attack, but anything that's mid-90s <laughs> that's a terrible comedy, I just assumed has crossed your path. Whether you like it or not is beside the point, but I just assumed this would have been on, on your radar. Going into it, I thought I had seen it. I didn't remember seeing it, but I was convinced that I had because I, I definitely watched the sketches when they were on SNL, I knew the characters. I, I, I knew the, the few jokes early on that they were going to make um, just as a, as a result of that, like especially them going to the nightclub and getting rejected after just, you know, doing this, Hey, yeah, you want to dance? You want to dance? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. That's exactly what the, what the sketch was. And I thought I had seen it, but in watching it, I realized, no, I, I, I had not seen this film before. I'm gonna... It goes exactly where you expect it to. Like it's, it, it's not, surprising in any way and it's not refined which is a shame because i think with a little bit of polishing it actually could have been a pretty good comedy it kind of i get weird bootleg vibes from the wedding singer from this film and i must just be the music but i feel yeah yeah although the wedding singer is fucking fantastic i'd say like my memory is really good oh yeah um great maybe what I'll say about this film, and I don't know if I'm going to have the energy to back this up, but after watching it for this review, I left thinking, I genuinely believe this film has aged better than the Wayne's World movies. I oh, think, yeah, for sure. I don't think this movie is great, don't get me wrong, but I think this movie is easier to watch. You'll still get some decent laughs out of it. Not, not Nothing great, though, but I do think as a, as a standalone piece... It is now considerably better than Wayne's World because it didn't. Oh, I know. I, don't I know, know that's if I can tough. agree with that. Hey, oh. Wayne's World hasn't held up, and you know, and and I think I made the same comment when we reviewed those films. Well, that must have been a few months ago now. It was about a year is ago. Zane was with us back then. Oh, there you go. It's it's that Mike Myers has just recycled the same jokes. So you've heard those same jokes for the last twenty years in all of Mike Myers' films, and it and that's what has has uh, uh, aged Wayne's World really poorly. Whereas this, the, the jokes weren't recycled again. Will Will Ferrell has that same sense of humour, but he doesn't use any of the same jokes. He has characters for his jokes, whereas Mike Myers just is Mike Myers in all of his films. He doesn't he doesn't play characters. He just has accents. Whereas Will Ferrell has actual characters. This is a character. You might not like it. It's not particularly deep in this film, but it is a character and it's not reused in any of his other work. That's why this doesn't feel old. Yeah. It sorry, it doesn't feel stale in a way that you've seen it all before. No, it's, it's its own little thing and yeah, good or bad, enjoyable or not, it's its own little thing. And, and, and that's just not true for Wayne's world. No, I, I do agree. I think I just personally, I feel like this is just, I don't know. 
It's more digestible. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. It's not polished. You know, no, the, the characters aren't refined. That's why I say if they, if they spent another month um, sort of refining the script and refining the jokes a little bit, I think they could have had a real gem on their hands. But as it is, it's absolutely serviceable as a comedy. It's fine. Were you saying before that Corky Romano was also an SNL movie? Yeah, Corky Romano was an SNL character. Was it? I did not realise that. I genuinely think that movie's hilarious. I, I haven't seen it for a long time. It probably does not hold up. But I remember that movie being really I, stupid. I like Chris Kattan. I think he's a terrific comedian and a terrific actor. But I did not like any of his characters on SNL. They were all this kind of douchey guy who mm. was just in your face and annoying and you wanted to punch him as soon as you saw him. Is that the point? That you just want to punch him in the face all the time? That's what I figured I was meant to. <laughs> I guess that I figure that kind of explains why his uh, his resume doesn't really read as much uh, next to you know someone like Will Ferrell who's in this movie as well. I was like watching it, I was like, who the fuck is this dude? And I like had to look it up. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, he was on like yeah SNL for ages, and then like I couldn't pick any other like movie that he'd been in other than like he was in. I think he was in a few episodes of How I Met Your Mother. I think I recognized him from yeah. that, and that was about it. But he's a funny guy and he's a good actor. And uh, on on SNL, he hardly ever cracked. Right. Good guys never never did. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel cracked all the time. Yeah. It's so painful to watch. You know, if you if, if you see his face pop up at the start of the sketch, you just okay, it's going to be ruined because he's going to he's going to crack. I watched. I was trying to find the night the Roxbury sketches. Couldn't find them, but I did find the cowbell one. That kind of uh, yeah. comes up straight away. He only has one line in that. And he couldn't even deliver that without laughing. Is it Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, I mean, Chris Catan is, is, is the lead singer, or one of the, one of the guitarists, and he's, yeah, he's great in the whole thing. So when it comes to specifically yeah, this notoriously movie. bad for that. Yes, to this movie, yeah. Um, did anyone find anything interesting from behind the scenes going into it? Uh, anything that I found that, was like oh yeah sorry no, go ahead. I was going to say apart from the fact that Will Farrell decided he never wanted to speak to Chris Kattan ever again during that's exactly film. what I was going to say <laughs> I thought that was funny but that was about it I think I found that that was like yeah that and like I think Jim Carrey helped on the script but never got credited that was like that and then Will Farrell just ghosting Kattan for like however many years was the only other interesting thing I found <laughs> yep good shit alright well I guess we'll get Jim, into Jim Carrey was the honorary third, third member of the Rock, Roxbury Boys. Yeah, right. Was he? Sorry, the I remember. Like, I've definitely seen like yeah. I've definitely seen like him doing the head bob thing, and yeah. like that's why when I was looking into this, I was like, "Is he in this movie?" And I was like, "Oh no, it's been honest enough." I think they somebody references them like like they're at the party with Zadir or something, and yeah, he says he sees uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, and he, he, he calls out like, Jim. "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> So we'll get into the plot. Hopefully this won't breeze past because it is a very simple movie, but effectively, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to take the run on this one if you guys want. And obviously please jump in for the love of God, but sure. yeah, no, go ahead. I can unfortunately probably summarize this movie in two sentences. I'll try not to. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not, there's not much going on. So Will's playing Steve um, Butabi and Chris Kattan's playing Doug Butabi. They're the Butabi brothers. Are they brothers? No. Yes, I think. Yes. Oh God, I'm just gonna punch them both in the face. Anyway, um, <laughs> effectively, they are losers that are fixated on going to nightclubs, meeting women, and scoring. But none of that ever happens because they can never get into the nightclub because they're just unashamedly the worst sort of people. Um, <laughs> their father runs a florist and just wants them to work for the family business. This is kind of the the premise of my big fat Greek wedding in, in, in a shoebox. Um, it's not a florist, Seb. It's a silk forest. These flowers never age; they never die. Oh, that's right. I was I, I I missed that. And when he was giving his sad speech to the old lady at the end, I thought he was just specifically selling her <laughs> flake flowers. So they're all fake. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> thank God you're his, here, his Andrew. Big dream, <laughs> his, his, his father's big dream, for some reason, is to partner up with his his neighbor uh, shop who runs a, a lamp store and they'll have the world's first plant lamp store. 
<laughs> yeah, but not a lamp plant store. It just sounds that's, better plant that's lamp. That's what the world needs. <laughs> and the way he, he, he achieves that is by marrying off Steve to Emily, the daughter of the lamp store guy. Yeah. So it's going to be a merging of the family, a merging of the kingdoms, and it's going to be great from then on. It's about time too. I mean, like we've all been fanging for that plant lamp store since the since really yeah. the beginning of both plants and lamps. Um, oh God, this is this is you know a Shakespearean tale at its core. Yeah, literally, this is the the premise behind Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> if not a more complex and subtle um, retelling. So they. Through accident, where they are rear-ended by real-life actor Richard Grieco. <laughs> um, they are. Well, I get the feeling just did the film because of the threat of a lawsuit, and he felt it was easier <laughs> just to be in it as himself than to go through with a court case. Fine, I'll do it, guys. <laughs> so. Um, they get into the Roxbury and in there, because they're with Richard, they meet the man who runs the Roxbury and they're able to actually pitch some of their ideas for what they have for nightclubs. The man's a little bit interested. They get mistaken for actual like high rollers by these two. Uh, okay, I'm going to be mean. One very attractive redhead and another person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Seb. Oh. So, because I was watching with my wife and I was like, is it me or is one of these really attractive and the other one is just their friend <laughs> but sure um they think that they are rich and they hook up with them you know as you know typical gold digger sort of thing um later on i'm going to just go ahead do they find out they're not rich and dump them because that's the end of their entire plot line <laughs> so let's just skip the rest of that um but yeah that's what i mean when when you know, all all these things sort of happen to them and in a in a, in a polished script they would have all culminated in this one thing, whereas they all just seem to happen in turn to these guys. Yeah. To get them to, get them to that point where the brothers sort of break up and have a falling out. But even that doesn't feel uh, very satisfactory because Doug just gets depressed and Steve ends up marrying Emily, even though he doesn't want to. Yes. So- whereas it, it, would, it would make so much more sense if they broke up because Steve, who was being pushed by the dad, to marry Emily and settle down if he just confronted Doug and said, hey, I'm sick of this nightclub shit. Maybe dad's right and I should settle down. And Doug says, no, 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 we've got this thing with Zadia. I'm going to pursue that. And that's and that's why they break up. But that's not what happens. No, they break up because they go to Zadia's office to have this meeting that they thought had happened. It turns out it's not happening because of some shenanigans. That's fine, whatever, who cares? And they're disheartened by that, and then the ladies dump them. Is that right? And that's when they spiral yeah. apart from each other? Yeah. Because it was a twofer yeah. that their business deal didn't go through. Well, they didn't get to make it. And then they got dumped by the ladies. Yeah, because after they're at the, the meeting. Yeah, but then right at the end of that scene, we find out that Zadir actually does want to meet with them. He hasn't forgotten mm. about them. And it's just Colin Quinn, the, the, um, the servant man, the butler, yeah. Uh, who he's he's got some vendetta against them because they had this idea for sucking on the gas of Cool Whip or something, and he was up all night looking for extra cans of Cool Whip because the deer and his party loved it so much. Yeah, so <laughs> this movie accidentally invented the idea of bulbing, but from what I understand, Jordan, can you? Um, is that effectively what's happening? Am I? Am I, I know. Normally, you would use a like a cream can without the cream. I mean, yeah, it, it sounds like they created like I don't know. It's got so many different names. I've never done. Okay, I've done a lot of weird things. I've specifically never done this exact weird thing. But my understanding is, you don't use a full can of cream. You just use a can that would have cream, and then with the the gas bulb, and that's the combination that you wouldn't. Yeah, because so you don't want to inhale oxide, cream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, not and for all so those know, listening, I don't know if they, did they invent that in this movie? I don't know. <laughs> like, God, if they did, that's so funny. For the record, anyone listening, you can do whatever you want, but if you die, you did it, not me. Um, that's my disclaimer. You're, you're the master of your own destiny. Um, but also, please don't kill yourself. But if you did, you did it, not us. <laughs> is, that enough of a, is that enough of a disclaimer, guys, to not promote bowling? Pretty much, I think so. Just to be very clear, we are not 
advocating for whippets, nangs, whatever you yeah. call it. <laughs> whippets is the name I couldn't think of, so I said bulbing, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not advocating one, for it, but thing- also we can't stop you from doing it because you are, once again, <laughs> your own human being. <laughs> but don't do it. Make one good choices. Thing mentioned yet, one, one thing you haven't mentioned that is important to the ultimate conclusion is that Steve gets a ticket, a speeding ticket from Stifler's mum, and <laughs> and Doug has this not on again off again thing. He just has this flirty thing with uh, a credit card hotline uh, yeah, op- operator that he keeps calling by her operator number um, in order to you know continually ask her out on a date, and she rebuffs him. No thanks. The card is clear. Thank you very much. Yeah. Very weird. All of this is weird. I mean, the cop part, I will say, I actually didn't notice that that was Stifler's mom in the intro and when it was her at the end of Me the movie. Me either, not until the very end. Yeah. yeah. I was like, did oh, they really? change uh, the actress? But I don't think my so. Wife, my wife pointed out that it was Stifler's mom. I know her. Uh, of, of course, she is Stifler's mom, but I know her more as uh, Ben Ben Snap in uh, Legally Blonde. Yes. Yeah, same one. Oh, That's yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh God, this movie's not even a mess. I'm just, I'm just worried. I've almost finished it. It's been ten minutes. Was that? <laughs> she looks good as a cop too. But like, yeah. I didn't notice it was her. I yeah. actually don't find her attractive at all normally. But when she was the cop, I think it was. I don't know what the what was going on. That's why I was like, oh, well, that's kind of a cute person. And then later on, at the end of the movie, I'm like, oh no, I don't like her. So I don't know. I'm fickle. She wasn't <laughs> the cute redhead. So that's all. Oh, I there's something wrong with you, Seth. There's nothing wrong with me. Nobody likes Stifler's mom. <laughs> Apart from <laughs> all the characters in that one movie, apparently. Are um, you kidding? This was mum. Oh my god! Hard pass, <laughs> soft pass, if you will. <sighs> um, anyway, yeah, there you go. I was just like wine. I was looking at this was mum on on uh, her Wikipedia page. She uh, she actually dated Chris Kattan. There you go. Interesting. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. Well, I thought the the the, fall, the break apart, so the falling out between Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan was because Chris Kattan was dating the producer during this movie. Yeah, like during the movie, yeah. Who does this band not date? Will, like, Will Ferrell married like one of the, the hotties, didn't he? Yeah. Did he marry the That's cute right. one or was Will Ferrell going to kill me? Um. Uh, I don't recall. <laughs> Whichever one was Vivica. Pauline. Which which one was she? That's her real name. IMDB to the rescue here. Um, she tell. is. She was the one who was with Steve. The blonde one. Damn it, Steve. Yeah. Oh, Steve. Oh, yeah, Will. Damn it, Will. I can't do this. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, the brothers fall apart, um, and like like we said, like the typical Shakespearean tale that it is, um, Steve Butabi <laughs> is forced to wed. Um, the um the heir to the the lamp, um, fortune, um, and the whole the whole way along the film, where sort of introduced to her as this girl next door, she's really sweet, but then straight away they shack up, and she's already you know they they've just had their first date, and she's in his room tossing out clothes, no, yeah. <laughs> too ugly kind of this music. So she shows her true colors really early. She's funny, but not refined. Mm. Andrew, we've got to speed through this. It has been refined. It's been refined to the point that we're jumping to the end of a relationship <laughs> at the beginning. It's so efficient. Um, trust me. Hey, well, I mean, the movie does that on its own. <laughs> I, wish, I wish some of the girls I had dated in my life building up to this moment had shown true colors that quickly in, you know how efficient that is of a time saver to let me know. (laughs) Oh, you are a terrible person. We can't have two of those. So one of us has to go, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just trying to cut down. Um, There's also the character of um, the Batabi boys, uh, personal trainer who uh, is a jock out of, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, he was in um, Scary Movie. Was he in that, or was he in Scary Movie? He was in Scary Movie as that That's character. Thought, Unless yeah. he was in both. To be yeah, fair, yeah. I don't watch. That was no. That was. Oh, well, oh yeah. Well, he was in Scary Movie too. That was. That's right. It's he's not him twice, is it? I'm going to yeah, check if he's been surely in both. Because I mean, you could be. I've never seen the movie it's parodying. So, because why would I watch a horror movie? Um, what was his name? Do you guys know? <laughs> uh, I, I know Craig was his character name. In which, um, yeah, yeah, 
in this one. Yeah, in uh, in this one. Okay. But yeah, sorry, it, it wasn't. I know what you did last Friday the Thirteenth. It was scary. It was, it was scary, scary movie. movie yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played the guy with the really tiny dick. That's, That's all it. I remember. <laughs> anyway, um, Craig, there he is. Um, so he's forced to marry her seemingly two days time from now, even though he never proposed. All this is a all this is terrible. Um, oh, oh, his father set the whole thing up. Yeah, but really quickly, and he paid for the caterer, so there was no backing out. Which is a, a funny yeah, joke I appreciated as well. There is some good stuff here. I want to say, while a lot of these these jokes are, you know, paint by common numbers, all that, like they're very broad, some of them are good. And they do, and this, yeah. this might be from the fact that they've come from TV, a lot of their better jokes are from callbacks throughout the film, which is a generally... Yeah, uh, a format you'll see in sitcoms more than anything. Yeah. Set up the joke in act the, one, tell it again in act two, pay it off in act three. Yeah. And the only thing that made me audibly laugh in this movie was when they're in the elevator at the Zadar headquarters and the elevator music is what is laughing. <laughs> yep. And they're kind of taking it very seriously because they're there for a serious business meeting. Yeah, it's like they're still nodding, but their faces are very like serious and like ready to go. <laughs> Oh. And a pretty girl walks in and they don't hit on her. They just say hello yeah. and leave it that. <laughs> They're so mature. Uh, it's he, a great I mean, they They're self-aware. The characters are self-aware. He hits on someone during his wedding. Oh, yeah. Anyway. No, that's, that's, when he's, that's when he's the trance is broken and he becomes himself again. He's, oh, he's about yeah. to get back with his brother. Yeah. So at the wedding. So that's when he's. No, you're right. Sorry, Andrew. Oh no! I was, I was just saying that that's that, that's when the trance is broken. Yeah, she got, that that spell's been taken off him. That horrible God. Yeah. She seems so lovely throughout the entire film, like until they start dating as well, because they do paint her as she's a good safe option in, in a sense for his character, who's got nothing going on. She's she's not bad looking at all. Like there's no no problems in that mm. aspect. It is like just typically like this is the you know, like the high school sweetheart sort of idea, and then in the. Yeah. In- in the same way that Will Farrell plays these weird out there characters, that was Molly Shannon's go-to as well. It was this girl next door who you find out is fucking crazy. Yep. Yeah. That was how every sketch with Molly Shannon went. And it was fine. It was absolutely fine because she would often have a you know schoolgirl's skirt on or whatever. It was great. So wedding is broken up. And when... she's funny. She's a funny woman. Oh, she is. Yeah, she's very funny. Um, the wedding is broken up when um, Doug Butabi, look at me remembering character names, I'm definitely not reading them, um, <laughs> decides to break it up with a mixture between everything this film has been until this point and that one bit from um, <laughs> Breakfast Club. No, not yep. Breakfast Club. Yeah. No, 16 <laughs> Candles. Sorry, 16 <laughs> Candles. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the boombox blasting out what is love, which is absolutely batshit insane. Um, the wedding is off, and um, we get a nice little happy ending where the the guys go see a nightclub that resembles one of the ones that they were pitching, and then they go in and meet the uh, the lovely owner. What was his name again, Andrew? Um, Zadia. Zadia. And he's a, a really funnily honest businessman. He's like, well, no, this was your idea. You're, you'll have a stake in this company now. Like, he's like, oh, I didn't yep. just- Okay, um, you guys here? Yeah, which is- Unrealistically lovely. <laughs> Someone would, hey, you're here today. No I surrender two thirds of my money to you. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> no contracts needed. Um, and yeah, they they yeah they meet the credit vixen as I believe she's actually credited as in this film, and the credit card vixen I think it is. Uh-huh. Oh no, credit yeah. vixen and the cop, and they dance it out and have a happy ending, and that's it. What a ridiculous movie. That's the film. Wonderful. I think I, I mean, I, I took longer to do that than I thought, but I think even that was too long, like almost 40 minutes on that, which is not like I'd say, <laughs> the sentence really is two brothers want to start a nightclub shenanigans and curs. They start a nightclub. <laughs> that's the entire thing. Yep, that's the movie. Yeah. Not awful though. I will say it could have been a real, joke, but it's fine. Good music. And that's not a credit to the movie. I'm just more complimenting all the music that they picked. Good music. I all all these songs are on my actual playlist, and they're not there because of this movie. The movie just happened to pick music that I like a lot. 
Um, any other points, guys? I don't want to rush us along, but we can move to verdicts if no one else has anything to say. Look, yeah. yeah, I mean the, the the jokes are the jokes, and and when you uh, when you spill them out and you go through them, it, it loses their their, their their charm. It's it's something you have to watch, and and it's not a film that is disappointing in any way. You know exactly what it is going in. It doesn't pretend to be something fancy. That, exactly. Yeah, the movie never tries to be intelligent. I'm not saying it's stupid. That that feels mean, but this movie doesn't ever try to be anything outlandish it just was a very simple story but it's, simple performances yeah but it's not offensive either in its humor like it's not lowbrow humor and beating you over the head with it it's it's just it is what it is it's actually better than the sketches which is why i wanted to watch the sketches before going into it just to you know compare how much of a difference there was between them because the the premise of a couple of guys going to a nightclub and striking out and just being horrible with, with everybody, being completely socially awkward with every woman they come into contact with, where do you take that in a film? It's fine for the, for, for the sketch. You can finish it off really, really quickly and, and really nicely. But for a film, okay, that might form the basis of a character, but that can't be the whole point of the film, which this isn't. See, I was worried going into the for the review because I had been so long since I had seen it that I would be walking away thinking they were a bunch of sex pests, but they actually weren't. They were awkward as fuck. No, of course not. And like they, I mean, they were out there literally just trying to score. So by concept, I, I saw them going in that direction, but they didn't ever play it in that way. So I think it ended up being fine, but God knows, yeah. especially considering even you just looking at 2020 sensibilities versus 1990 sensibilities, you would, there would be a risk yeah. that that would be the case. But this film doesn't do that. It, like Andrew said, it's not offensive and not offensive in its humor, even in its actual general like portrayal of its characters. Um, unfortunately, for me, okay, fortunately and unfortunately, it's rising to the top here for the SNL films that I have reviewed on this show because it's consistent. It does what it's meant to do and it didn't, you know, fail because it didn't actually try. Um, <laughs> but we're talking a low bar here after the Wayne's World issues. But that's more, I mean, you could argue that's more of a Mike Myers, you know, brought upon situation. And I generally, I have fond memories of Mike Myers, but not enough to um get me through that, apparently. <laughs> Did you guys want to jump into verdicts then? Yeah, good idea. Sure thing. Jordan, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, look, it's fine. I just, I don't know. I don't think I'd watch it again. And I don't know. It's as much as I can see that, like, there's parts of it that, like, were funny. None of it really made me laugh. And, like, I just, I can't, can't see myself returning to it. It's just, there's, yeah, nothing, nothing really hit for me. Like, none of the jokes kind of landed. The story was there. And um, look, What Is Love's a great song, but I could just pull it up on Spotify. I don't need to watch a movie to hear it. That's already been done. <laughs> oh, but, but can Spotify play it seven times in a row? Yes, it yes. can. There's a repeat button. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andrew? It's um, the, the great tragedy of this is that it could have been one of those late 90s very memorable comedies because it's it's quite heartwarming. First of all, it's about a couple of brothers. Their father, by the end of it, has this change of heart. Richard Dreyko kind of has this nice philosophical moment with him right at the end of the film where he goes, where he realizes that um, uh, he's angry at Steve because he's just like he was when he was younger, right? Yeah. And if that was integrated into the film with a lot of other father-son stuff, I think it could have been a real gem. Which, by the way, is just the Billy but Idol it, bit from Wedding Singer, just with Richard Greco. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, no, that's that, that's exactly right. And it, it's all very light and fluffy. I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity, but it's not a film that is... It's not something you regret having watched. Yeah, you might not watch it again. It's not particularly memorable. It doesn't really 
stick around. Nothing's, you know, none of the jokes are, are you know, really repeatable in a, you know, in a way that, oh, like, like uh, Simpsons memes or things like that, there's no situation where you would go to a joke in this film to repeat it, unless it's Did You Grab My Ass? But even that, it's not really played, you know, to its full potential. I actually have a friend uh, who does this to me, though. Not the one that I watch the movie with. Um, fucking Jordan, Dave, will every now and then will mm. ask me this while I'm like across the room from him at a show. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. But yeah, no, I get your point is taken, Andrew. It's not generally a repeatable thing. No, so so maybe there's one joke that is that is you know extractable from 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 the film, but it's it's charming. It's funny. I enjoyed it. Uh, if it was. I, I, I watched the Amazon, but it wasn't available as part of the Amazon package. You had to rent it. Um, and if if it's available just on uh, just on some streaming service, yeah, maybe I'd, maybe I'd watch it again, but I wouldn't be disappointed if I missed it. I get that. So for myself, and get ready for a Seb tangent. This is going to be a fun one. <laughs> I've been... Um, a trialing the that, that keto diet. And as a part of it, I'm trying to experiment and find different things that I can eat just to make sure I'm not eating a bunch of fatty meats and avocados every single meal. And I found a recipe for a keto-friendly cheesecake. And you could do a baked version or a refrigerated version of it. And I made it a few weeks ago. I did the baked one. And you substitute a few flavors in it. You put cream cheese in it like normal because that fits in with the diet. But um, you use coconut... Um, yogurt as another one of the recipe uh, ingredients and you bake it like normal so you mix it together all that stuff's fine and it says to bake the cake for about 45 minutes and I did so and I went out gave it a bit of a tap and I thought this doesn't feel right it doesn't feel like a proper baked cheesecake it's a little bit too loose but I'm using different ingredients I've never made this cake before so it said to cook it for this long I've done it for the right temperature the pan I'm using means it should be cooked faster anyway. So I, in theory, I've actually overcooked it, but I can tell that I haven't. I'm going to take it out and set it because it, it just seems like it's right. And then when it comes to eating the cake, you know, many hours later after I've refrigerated it and it's, quote, hardened, it's kind of like a custard in the middle. But all the ingredients were there and it should have been right. And it flavor-wise, it tastes like a cheesecake, but it's got the consistency of more like cottage cheese. Like it's loose, there's little chunky bits, but it still tastes like cheesecake. So everything has come together and it is extensively what it's meant to be, but it's just not fucking right. And that's kind of this movie for me. (laughs) It's got good actors. The script's not even terrible. It's funny. They've got jokes that they've, they know how to use their running jokes, the, the, the callback humor. They've got beginning, middle and end through it all. It doesn't try to do anything outlandish. It tells a simple story and that's all it tries to do. But it just wasn't right. You know, it's, it's just missing something, whether that's another 20 minutes in the oven or a second draft of the script. It's just not hitting the mark of a cake you would, you would present to other people to serve it. It's fine to eat at home if you're the one that cooked it, but you would never serve this to somebody else on a plate and call it, you know, dessert. That's this movie that, for That me. is a perfect analogy. Yeah. yeah. And I will, maybe I'll watch it again. And I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm not going to actively avoid it, but also, you know, if I'm if I'm in the mood for a cake, I'm probably going to eat a different kind of cake. That's all, and that's where I'm sitting yeah. with this one. So very fair. Fun. Um, in terms of what we're doing next week, I frankly have no fucking clue. Um, does anyone <laughs> has anyone have even a remote idea of what's coming up for us? Because I don't even know if we're onto a. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, do we stick with the SNL theme and do MacGruber then? I mean, in theory, we could do MacGruber. I know we used to have. Oh wait, wait, wait! I actually got the. I've actually got the, the thing in front of me. So right now we were meant to be doing Wonder Woman, but we didn't because Wonder Woman doesn't come out. And before then, so after Wonder Woman, we were actually meant to do both the 1990 and the 2012 versions of Total Recall. And then after Total Recall, we did have a movie called The Game, which was meant to lead us into the the, the new release Free Guy, which is a VR movie style, oh, yeah. which has also been delayed. So we actually will yeah. have a free week after the game before we start The Godfather. So I think that 
maybe we stick the stick the course and do total recall both versions. Perfect. And then the following fortnight, um, we'll do the game and we'll throw MacGruber in there, and that way because we still have we we actually <laughs> thankfully have a good run of films that aren't new releases for a little bit, so we might be okay. It's just mm-hmm. when we get to the end of the year, we've got like six slots that need filling. But we can. Right. That's all. Mike will find a way. Does that work for everyone? Mike will find a way. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 um, well we can do MacGruber literally in a month's time. I just think, I figure, like, we've got the. Yeah. Um, I just want to keep the two recalls together for the sake of our viewing so we no, can I, just do I, direct I, comparisons. I, I forgot that we were going to do a total recall. Well, I haven't seen I think that may have been one actually. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. So I'm excited. So, okay, yeah, we'll do total recall, the normal and the remake, and then we'll uh, take it from there. But uh, we will get to MacGruber. That's <laughs> terrible as it is. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, I know. I know you're really worried, Jordan, that we would skip out on that one. But it's, <laughs> it's coming. Process averted. Um, all right, well, let's jump on socials and we'll get out of here. Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TMC. Hit up the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash second take. You can also hit up my personal Twitter, which is Jordan MSPP. You can jump mine at bastion underscore James. Um, jump on our website, secondtakepodcast.com, or send us an email, um, secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash second take. We do not have an OnlyFans yet. Um, <laughs> it's coming. Gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back on Wednesday for the Variety Hour. So, yeah, until then, please, all of our listeners, wash your fucking hands. Is that how you end a show please, now? At least you can do. Yeah, that seems fair. Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugara people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.